So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 are you beautiful mixologists, pumpkins? Hi, girls, guys, gays, straights, people, everyone. It has been premiere week of Salt Lake City. We are refreshed, we are anew, we are enlightened, we have arrived. We are finally at a place during this <laughs> this pandemic quarantine doing the most situation where we have new content and the content doesn't include COVID. What honey? This is this is life-changing. This is breathtaking. I mean, granted. We do have Potomac. Potomac does not include COVID right now. So, yay, we love that. But Potomac has been carrying us through on its own, by itself, because we all know what's to come on Orange County. And with that being said, hello, welcome back to Mixing with Moni. You are listening to that. I am your host, Moni, okay? And we are going to get into some dang, dang, things, okay? This is that shit that I look forward to. I feel like I have so many 
things to talk about. I'm so excited. This is the best moment of my life. I am thrilled to be here, thrilled to be talking to y'all, thrilled to get down to business, honey. We have a lot of things. We have DNS Spare coming on from the UK. Yes, honey, Mixed Mamani is international. We have her on to talk lots of things. Her connection to VPR, her career as a red carpet host, why she lived in LA, um, the LA lifestyle overall. We touch a little bit on The Bachelorette because I made her watch four episodes because, you know, I I like to cause pain. I like to bring joy. I like to cause pain. I like to bring my guests down a a peg in where I am because I always aim up with the guests that I have and I want them to come down into the gutter with me. So here we are in the gutter of The Bachelorette and I have her talking about that. We talk about um, the shows that she's watching Below Deck, so many things. We honestly just talk, talk, talk. It's really great talk. It's one of the things I love about talking to a fellow podcast host. They know how to keep things interesting. They know how not to just wait for you to ask a question. They know how to answer a question, really drive home a point, give, give talk. And we love good talk, you know? It's really fun. It's an exciting episode. I had a great time. She had a great time. I wish y'all could have seen her. She was absolutely like she says schwitzing and it's <laughs> don't know what it is but you're gonna love it um she is an energetic light and so it was quite a fun time recording with her so we're gonna get down to business we're gonna do a little black excellence and then we're gonna do some salt lake city preliminary talk because it's premiere so we don't have a whole lot to judge yet but it doesn't mean we're not gonna try okay we are gonna give a little thing we're gonna have a little ditty we're gonna say some things that we can at least say from the first episode um they gave us a lot they've set up some fights they set up some events if you are have not seen it yet i would suggest after potomac you skip on ahead to the little chime little thing and go on over to the part with Diana because we don't she had not seen it yet obviously when I recorded with her so then that talk is clear of that and it's just all good bravo talk good bravo gossip you know and yeah I would suggest that but if you have seen it honey we don't get into it we got some fights set up already we have dynamics that we need to unpack money that I need to question there's some monies that I need to question um and yeah we're gonna get into it i can't wait i'm so happy we have new fashion yo the homes hello excuse me like for your first episode let me tell you something we got more in the first episode of salt lake city than we normally would get in any other first episode of any other franchise that's the crazy part they usually just set it up like hey the season's gonna be great so what hang on until episode 10 no salt lake city is like we know we're new we know we gotta bring it so here's all of our backgrounds but also let's get into a little a few things we already got a party an event it was a hijacked event like y'all I need to get everybody's opinions on Jen Shaw. That is what I want to do because I like her. I find her very polarizing though. I can see why people may not like her, but I dig her. I mean, we'll talk, okay? Let's do Black Excellence. Then we will do some 
Potomac. That's what I say, right? Y'all got to keep me honest. And then we'll do Salt Lake City. And then it'll be time for Miss Deanna. All right. All right, y'all. So Black Excellence this week, <laughs> it's a repeat. I've, I've actually given it to her before. Um, if you do not know, if you're new here, I am not always trying to be political on the show. However, if you came to the Little Black Girl That Coulds podcast to find nothing but like impartiality and all that shit, um, good luck with that. Um, you should hear the way I talk about housewives. It doesn't really exist in my brain. I try to approach things rationally and with logic and at least give people different perspectives. And I'll try to do the same with this as well as I think politics should be handled. So not I'm not going to say regardless of who you voted for, because who you voted for definitely does impact me in my life. I don't really care what you say. But one thing that I will encourage everyone to agree on is that wherever you stand with who you voted for, especially if it was Kamala, I've never been her biggest fan, Mrs. Harris, but... I am a very proud Black woman and a very proud proud educator because the kids that I teach, I love being able to show them real-time examples when I tell them you can be anything. Sometimes they look at you and be like, girl, what are you talking about? That's not true. You say I want to be an ice cream cone? I could be that? No, that's not true because I've never seen it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You may not be able to be an ice cream cone, but I can tell a lot of little diverse looking girls a lot of little girls period you can be vice president <laughs> okay you can make take your behind to the white house you can and not because of marriage but because of merit i am very happy and was very emotional very moved by the speech of um senator kamala harris now vice president-elect kamala harris um and her ability to inspire <laughs> who knew we needed that um but also the idea to me that i'll be able to teach little girls you can make something whatever you want to be you can do it there is a clear-cut proof that if you want to do it it is possible you just got to figure out how it works best for you. And she she has given us that. She's given a speech. I love seeing little girls in the audience being able to hear these words from her. To be the first Black woman, the first um, Asian American woman, the first woman, the first um, HBCU, Historical Black College and University graduate, the first of so many things. I mean, she like wiped the board, like got bingo on her first try. And that is incredible. And so my Black Excellence this week goes to Senator Vice President-elect. What's correct hierarchy? I feel like Vice President goes above. Vice President-elect Senator Kamala Harris, or Kamala Harris, my apologies, because she has proven that to all the little girls out there, you can see it, you can do it, you can be it. And to even the boys, they can see that when they have daughters, when they marry women, that they, if they marry women, they have access to powerful women and that women are capable of doing powerful things. And that security in a man means letting 
your woman do what you know she's fully capable of because you love her and support her. You want other people to be encouraged and connect with her and support her and promote her the same way you do. And I dig that. I think that's important to see, to show men that you can do the same thing. You can support a woman while she supports you, should you choose to be with a woman. Um, and if you are a woman, but also to little boys, it shows them aim high, aim for women who really elevate, who have a plan, who really have something going for them that's possible and they can do it on their own. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing that they don't always just need you to do everything. But also it shows little boys with this whole thing is that decent people can get elected. Decent people can go very far. And I think that boys need to know that being decent, being good can take you to the White House twice. So do that. Be a good boy. There is no such thing as boys will be boys. And he's not over here not in Missy Mines classroom, okay? It's really important that they see that being decent gets you far. So keep that, 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 that integrity, that, that diligence, that dream of inspiring people that hope to be good to people, um, connecting with people, that is important. And it actually, nice guys don't finish last. You can do something with that. And to little girls, you can do this. You can be president vice president. You can be senator. You can be district attorney. You can be whatever you want. You really can. And it's just about finding a plan and making it work. And that's my teachable moment because I love to teach the students. And I love being able to now tell them, oh, you could do that. Well, she can't because you don't know how many times I hear that from kids. She wants to be the chef, but girls aren't chefs. And I'm like, who told you that? Like, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm not here to shame any parents, but I am debunking myths and rumors in my classrooms, okay? My private tutoring sessions, in your homes even. I am letting these little girls and boys know that's not true. You can do it. And I love being able to pull up on the projector, on the screens, send them home with articles and things, little pictures of situations where that is correct where they can be anything. And now to be able to pull up Miss Kamala Harris and say, hey, this is the first woman of 45, six men, this is 45 men, this is the first time we've seen a woman. And little girls can go, wow, that's a girl. I could do that, that she has hair like me. And someone could say, well, she's a woman like me. And some could say, well, she looks like me. That means something, because I, Representation matters so much, I don't even know what I would have done differently if I didn't have Black teachers. I was very fortunate that all my teachers growing up, for the most part, were Black. I didn't really experience racism until I moved to another state, and my first teachers were white. And it was, sadly, the first experience wasn't the best experience. I recognize that it's not the only experience I could have had. I know that not all white people are trash. That is very true. Those two white women were trash to me. Um, I have made that very clear before. They were awful to me and my mother. Um, and that, that means something, but it also didn't deter me from being a teacher because I just recognized I could do different. I could be better. I, could do, I don't have to be like that. But the teachers that I had before were Black women. And before we moved, I thought they were wonderful. My favorite teachers were in that bunch. And I even have a favorite teacher later on who was not a black woman and she believed in me and encouraged me and made me want to do it to other kids. So guess what? That's what I'm going to do. That's what I am going to do. And so I love being able to lead by example, show examples to the kids. And this is for them. This is the world we're trying to build for them. So with that being said, thank you so much 
Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, you have inspired by just simply being and existing. You have inspired, and even if people may not have liked you or agree with you or don't know anything about you or may not have voted for you, their little girls are watching. Their girls are watching, and they're seeing differently. And what's sad is that, if anything, they're the ones who will be told no in their homes because if they don't align with you, they can say, well, she's not cut out for this. And they might think the same of themselves. And so just know that to every little girl out there whose parent is, you know, not in agreement with this and not in agreement with her or telling you some falsities, I'm going to keep it all the way real with you. You can do it. It, whether whether they like it or not, she's there, she did this, and you can too, and we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to raise a new generation of kids who believe in themselves and will follow their dreams, and I will be cheering with my cane in the graduation section of all my students in the future, like, yes, little Kelly, go, little Sam, I love you so much, little Stephanie, you got this, little Brock, where did Brock come from? Oh, Sheena, yes, um, yeah, we'll be talking hot topics on the Patreon this week as well, Head on over to that if you have not already to get Bachelorette full coverage this week. Bachelorette will be coming out on Friday with um, one Courtney from the Two Judgy Girl. We'll be talking Bachelorette. I'll be doing um, OC season four, episode two. Waiting for y'all to catch up. Only got one person on there right now listening for that. And uh, we'll do a season four, episode two this weekend. Um, and Hot Topics is coming very soon, so stay tuned for all of that and then some. Let us move on to Potomac. All right, y'all, we are back with Potomac, and we're, we're, we're on a trip. We're, we're traveling. We are international yet again. Um, Portugal, a fun choice. I don't know who comes up with these ideas. There's so many countries in the world. But hey, shout out to Portugal. How y'all doing? Um, We're here. And Karen, (laughs) she being messy. Uh, We love it. But she's being messy, telling people that they're not invited on the trip. I.e. Monique. Telling Monique, hey, yeah, girl, um, we was going to invite you, kind of, asked you was supposed to. But it's a no. I mean, we know that um, Monique says... Well, she's maintained that she chose to not go. Okay. Yeah, sure, honey. Um, but also, Ashley was kind of like, wow, how come I didn't get to be the one to tell her? I appreciate Karen in that moment, though, because, A, they were at one of my favorite brunch spots ever. It's called Silver. It is an upscaled diner type of thing, because they have Silver Diner all throughout the area, and it's like true traditional diner food, open lane, waffles, greasy food. Silver is like the diner food for the rich people who don't want to eat the diner food no more, who like wear their Lululemon jogger sets. Um, on the weekend, I meet up their girls for avocado toast after only running two errands and maybe a light jog. Um, yeah, it's for that. They have great green juices and avocado toast with like pomegranate seeds and smoked salmon and chala French toast and champagne mimosas. I mean, like real champagne, not just Prosecco. So 
it's a really fun place. I love it. It's one of my favorite places. They have the best coffee ever. So it's still that diner quality, but like just a little bit more upscale, a little bit more expansive. And they're meeting there and Karen's like, yeah, we're going to go out of town. Wish you could be there, but you know, love you girl. <laughs> I'm going to go get Portugal. And it's funny. I enjoyed the travels. Thought it was fun. I love watching them travel. I don't know why. I've always loved watching housewives travel. I like to see all the bags they bring, like Candace, girl, you brought your whole closet because the house is not that big. Your house is not that big. So for you to have so many suitcases, A, where do you store them when you're not going places? B, all the clothes must have left your closet and came with you because I don't think you have that many closets, especially if Miss Dorothy still has a room in your home and that's one of her closets. So just wanted to make that distinction. That's a lot of bags for a home that you have. Not saying anything's wrong with that. I live in a home that is not known for holding a lot of bags, but I also only have like one or two closets, like one closet really, um, and it's shared. So I would not have 17,000 bags, but she brought a lot. Her, Wendy, they all brought a lot of bags, but that's what we love about Housewives, you know, is that they do the most. They have like a whole bag just for shoes, just for makeup, just for wigs. What a what a what a place to arrive to for that to be your journey in life that you have a whole bag just for wigs. Um, I do have questions. The rooms were gorgeous. We know Bravo Babe. Um, they're absolutely stunning. They're really really nice. Giselle, take notes. That's that's what decor looks like. Awesome. Love a tub. I love a tub in a bath in, in, a, in a hotel bath i really do i think it means you really arrived because who be soaking like who is really soaking unless you have you know the time the energy the money to upgrade that suite so love that but who else doesn't have like a bath to go to waste because a lot of people don't even want to share their germs in the bathtub so i really enjoy that it's just like there for decoration like a nice cloth foot a nice soaker tub or something like that even a jet tub how fun. Um, Candace is eating lipsticks. I love that she, her first thought was not, it, it was, is this chocolate or is this lipstick? And her first thought was not, let me not eat it just in case it is lipstick. And let me put it on in case it is lipstick. And if it is chocolate, then I just got chocolate on my mouth, lick that off and eat the chocolate. It was, let me eat it first and just take the risk. Um, if that's not a testament to Candace's ju judgment and her character, I don't know what it is. She just kind of does first and then assumes the risk and the consequences later. And, ooh, can't say that hasn't come back to bite her on the ass. So, yeah, that's that on that. But it, it, I, I really want to know, was it chocolate or was it lipstick? Because we didn't really get a clear answer on that. And I felt like she was trying to cover her embarrassment because she ate it on camera. So she took a nibble and was like, something like, wow, it's really nice in here. And I'm like, but is it? You should have said, this is not chocolate. <laughs> Laugh at yourself. She takes herself very seriously. That's something that almost like her and Monique have so much in common is that they really want to live it up on the side of perfect, like on the side of, of a facade or something. Like, girl, just be yourself. Laugh at yourself. It's okay. And that's something that Miss Karen did say about Wendy 
on Watch It Happens Live is that one of the reasons that she does think that they could get along is because Wendy is able to laugh at herself with the whole like slithering in thing. She's able to laugh at herself. And that's something that is very important with Housewives. You can't take everything so seriously because they're going to constantly drag you. They're constantly going to come for you. So you might as well enjoy it and go with it, girl. Um, additionally, Wendy telling us the story of how she was named. <laughs> Now Wendy being named after Wendy's, y'all. Okay, so she says that her dad was a manager of a fast food establishment. Well, he was a worker there and he got promoted to manager when he was, you know, when it came to the States. And he was so excited and honored to have this promotion, which shout out to his work ethic. He was so honored to have that promotion. So excited that he had that opportunity here in America that he named his, his daughter after the fast food establishment and that establishment's name is the namesake of now one miss wendy osefo oh excuse me doctor i didn't mention her degrees i'm behind but let me tell y'all something i know it's annoying i get it it is so annoying she prefaced the story with let me tell you something about my degrees and i thought she did that as like a joke like to be facetious and sarcastic because it really wasn't about that and that was like but she knows that everybody's annoyed by that and i i know it's annoying but me working on my second degree i'll never stop telling y'all that i'm on my second i'll never do it i'll never stop because working it, this is hard can't imagine doing any more if i want to i do want to be a phd and be a little pint-sized principal because i'm short and i want to be hashtag pint-sized principal don't steal that from me if you already are a principal and pint-sized um i really want that and I can't even imagine how I'm going to do it because this is already a lot of work and I'm very, very stressed and tired. And I would do the same thing. I'd be telling y'all every five minutes that I got more than one degree. I'm doing it now. Y'all just like me better. <laughs> but, um, you know, I know she, she says it a lot. I get that. I really do. And so, you know, I like that she at least opened up a little bit, gave a little vulnerability. And I'm also very here for her and Karen getting into a fight. I love it. I, we need that right now. We absolutely need that right now. So I'm happy that they, she was like, oh, yeah, I, I, let, I let it go. I put it to bed. And Karen's like, yeah, so I'm done. And, she, and Wendy's like, yeah, but I finished it. And I'm like... Their energy is so leveled to the same. It's kind of crazy. Like you can see that Karen is obviously threatened, which I don't really understand why, other than she has a lot going on right now in her life. Um, but other than that, I don't really get why she would be, but it's making for great television. And I don't think Wendy really understands why Karen doesn't like her other than being threatened. I think she thinks it's personal. And I don't think it's personal at all. I think Wendy misunderstands Karen's, you know, disdain for her and Karen doesn't like that she even has the disdain for her the way she does so I like the fight though I'm Patty I like housewives I like the fight so we needed that thank you Karen team Karen carrying us again she is asking Giselle if her boyfriend I think Jamal a lot of the producers consistently still put Jamal up as ex-husband not boyfriend not even ex-husband slash boyfriend it's straight up ex-husband that's fantastic they don't buy it either jizzies so um 
Karen asks her if Jamal is not proud of her because he's never around. And Giselle's like, yeah, he's proud of me. I'm like, but is he, girl? Because he's very manipulative. He seems to act like, how is he going to act like you're telling him that, like, hey, I want him to take us to the next level. And he's like, I, well, I've been waiting for you to say that. Have you? Because you're in another state. And the state that you're both from, where your kids are, and everything in between is available to you and you're not living there. And so are you waiting for her or are you waiting for her to give up everything to come and be with you again? That seems like trash because she has a career as well now. She has a career that is solid and steady. And I think Giselle needs to shit all get off the pot. I think she knows that her man is trash. I think the reasons that she's given for why she's back with him are bogus and ridiculous. He's not the only man that's going to love your kid. And I think that that's actually a slap in the face to a lot of stepfathers. Not that she meant it to be one, but I think it's a slap in the face to stepparents who love the shit out of their stepkids. Like, you're not... The, the idea that Eric Lyle's husband or whatever gave is that no one's going to love your kids like your, like their daddy. Mm, I mean, sure, because he helped create them, but that doesn't mean he needs to be your partner because someone could love you more than their daddy. And that's very obvious. In fact, if they love the mama so much, they might actually love the kids so much as bonus children to them. They don't have to love those kids. That's the point. And they choose to, and they fall in love with them. And then that's a family because they have chosen that family. And that's something worth talking about something worth exploring don't settle just because you think this man's gonna love your kids when your kids seem to not be into the idea of the whole family anyway so karen gets to the nitty-gritty she's like why do we have to share everything about our lives you and our you are in our taxes honey you have more access to my information than my accountant but yet you don't even show us him he doesn't even come around because what you don't want us to question him interesting or it's because he's just simply not around for you still don't really get why he they stayed in a hotel when they went to atlanta I, it's very odd to me so it's a worthy question i always appreciate karen driving a storyline home and she's like you know we need to talk about this does karen have this point or is she just you know out to make giselle pay for all the mess i think it's both i do i think that giselle has done so much and karen's like you know what girl now we can flip these tables on you because you're being messy because you're insecure in your life and we're not standing for it call it out and even miss robin came back and was like it makes sense and giselle was like you're not blindly loyal to me like a little lap dog robin's like no girl i'm a grown woman with a voice <laughs> and a check that's stable so so I am going to tell it like it is. And it does matter that we could see him more. Um, not on the FaceTime. That was cute. But okay. And he not at the dinners. Wendy brings her whole new husband around. And is talking about their whole family drama. Where he, his family doesn't even talk to him. And they had just met him. And she's open in bringing that husband around. When he has so much to be vulnerable about. And in, in, in this new circle. Like. Okay, Michael keeps coming around because he's a narcissist and he's a cheating asshole, but you can't bring around Jamal what we had. Is he splitting time between baby mamas? We don't know. Probably. And then this troll, Michael, why do we even have to? He says, why are you molesting me? Now, they speak English in Australia, so... I'm not going to blame a language barrier. And I've talked to a few Australian people and molesting is not a slang word that I missed. It means something different for them than it does for us. 
he says that Ashley is molesting him because she's asking why you are late to relieve the babysitter as someone who has babysat, who's been a nanny, who has friends who are babysitting through college and graduate and professional school. Please be kind to your babysitters. Don't be late when the mom is out of town. They need to go home. And the only reason that they are not home is because you're not here to take your take care of your baby at your home. Where are you? What are you doing? Why so defensive so early? Your wife is gone. The least you could do is keep the house afloat while you do your chicanery, okay? While you're out there doing debaucherous things. That's all you got to do. Get him out and just get him away from me. Like, Ashley looks so sad, so broken. I really need to get, I mean, her, it just didn't look good there. So I don't think she had a plan then, but I'm saddened that she's sad. And I wish we could make this better and he could be at least a better parent for Dean um, and show up. 11 minutes late may not be a big thing, but if the babysitter's asking you like, hey, I haven't been able to reach your husband, don't know, and he's the only point of contact while you're around the world, yeah, no, 11 minutes is a big deal then if you're not communicating to her that you're going to be late. Um, that's an issue. Be respectful of other people's time. But what do we expect from a man who doesn't respect his own commitments? Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like the one he made to his wife. Mm -hmm. So that is Potomac, ladies and gentlemen, and people in between. It was a very good episode. I am very happy with it. I love that we have traveled. I hate to see Ashley sad, but I think we're seeing a lot of climactic things happen between Karen and Wendy, between Karen and Giselle between Robin having a backbone and Candace eating makeup. It's going to be a fun trip. I'm excited about it. And we'll see what happens. I don't know if Monique's going to come back. I mean, I think we're seeing that it obviously this cast never really ever needs one person. That's the only thing is whenever someone's not there, you almost don't even notice or miss them because it takes, they take so much air out of the room that, it doesn't really matter. Really, as long as you have a Karen and a Giselle, you're probably going to be fine and could film for hours. But also, they cast personalities that are so big that never one does a show make. So I didn't even notice that she wasn't on the trip. And had she been on the trip, it probably still would have went just as wild, just as zany, just as, you know, climatic or whatever. So, you know, We'll see what happens. Reunion coming very soon. They already asked for questions to be tweeted at Andy, but he's not going to ask. So um, I didn't even bother, but maybe y'all will get answered and asked. So very excited for the reunion, even though I know that means the season is over, but then Atlanta's coming and we are entering a new era of Bravo. Very, very excited. All right, y'all. So stay tuned for a little bit of Salt Lake City talk and let's see where this season goes. All right, y'all, we are back with Salt Lake City giving me life. I love getting salty with it. So I talked on my Patreon about the premiere episode and the premiere party that I was able to go to um, virtually. Thank you so much, Bravo. Very lucky, very blessed. And now everybody's joining in with me on these blessings because this episode, yes, very good for a premiere. We got a lot of information. I mean, obviously, y'all, but for people who are like, it was boring, honey, we can't jump off into a fight. We do not know them. 
literally we'd have no sides imagine if we had just only seen the monique and candace fight season like one or season three when they both came or they were both on or whatever we would not care at all so we need background we need things okay we needed to see that whitney's husband and her got married against the church we needed a wedding our first episode and we had a wedding let me tell you something beverly hills would have made that the very last thing this filming schedule gives me some pause because i remember watching them film this wedding this this uh vow renewal oh a vow renewal on housewives good luck girl but I remember them filming this, but the show had already been done. And so for it to make the premiere episode seems very crazy to me. But I guess also, again, we would, we, we aren't invested in the relationship yet. So it wouldn't have made a lot of difference either way. Um, Whitney Rose is out of the church and her husband and they married um, against the church and the people of the church's uh, wills or against their wishes. And the family is now coming around, and that's important to know. But we, I love the way they do talk about Mormonism. They each talk about it in specifics to them, in specificity. In specificity, I think that's a word to them, and not really only about to each other. Although I like this here, like little Mormon drama between like Lisa Barlow and Heather Gay and whether or not they were friends in college because Lisa has like never heard of her. But Heather's like, yeah, you knew me. But Lisa's also like never heard of her. But also she was the good time girl at BIU. I mean, they went to a, a, a Mormon university. So what the girl town girl means, it's probably different for all of us because I probably was, <laughs> never mind. But it's interesting because Heather's like, girl, I wish I could have been the good time girl. I was so goody goody then because my mom, her mom was into the church. Her mom, since she was eight, it was heavily in her life. Her mom was looking for it, like, you know, really searching it out. And um, Heather married into a very prominent Mormon family. Hierarchy is very important in the Mormon community, Mormon church. And then she divorced that prominence. And that was a choice and probably a good one. We'll find out. We don't know yet. It's early. Her girls are cute. She's no longer with the church. And Lisa is, it's unclear if she's in the church or not. I, I mean, I think she's given us some answer, but not enough. Because the whole tequila line lead, would lead you to believe that she's not. But then also her, like, a little bit of pretentiousness, like, in um, superiority to the ladies feels like she might be. And um, I loved Jen Shaw's reasoning for leaving the church. She was like, hey, come join the Mormon church. I like this man. And the man was like, no, they didn't like me. And that story is so funny. Well, not funny. It's actually very sad. But it's funny to me because it's relatable. My grandfather actually tried to join the Mormon church. And um, <laughs> if you're from the DMV area, you will know it as Disneyland or Disney World. We all thought it was Disney World. The Mormon uh, church, Mormon uh, temple in on the Beltway um, in Montgomery County to Virginia is so stately. It looks like Disney World or Disneyland. So we used to all think that as kids growing up. Um, my grandfather tried to join it and they actually did also turn him away in the 80s because he was black so um 
yeah, it's it's pretty spot on. And so uh, they, I think they allow them in now, allow us in it now, but you really wouldn't know it, especially in Utah. Um, Jin Shaw being like, well, if they don't accept the man I love, then I'm out and I'm going to you. I love how freely she loves and lives and, and religion to her is a way of expressing herself and, and committing to something, but not necessarily binding, you know what I mean? Because she loves her husband and loved him. So she was like, I'm going over where you are. And now she is converted to Islam because that's a way she can show love to her husband and be a part of him and their family. And I dig that. So shout out to her for that. Um, their family, I love, but I have questions. Whose money is in that house? Whose money has that house? He's a coach and he's not even a head coach. He is like an offensive coach, offensive line coach, or like a, he's a position coach. So not to say coaches don't make money. They make great money. And I know Utah is cheaper, but also these houses money is still money. Houses are still houses. Real estate is still real estate. A mansion is still a mansion. These mansions are gorgeous. We'll get to it, but the party that was thrown for Meredith that was <laughs> hijacked, honey, what? That party cost moolah to have all your furniture removed from your large home so that you could throw a party for someone. Um, that's money. That takes money. Contracts take con. It takes still are still contracts. They still take money. So whose money is it? I would love to know more about what Jen Shaw does um, and where she gets her money because this man, if that is what a coach makes, I need to pick up a sport because nice. Okay. Um, and she has an assistant whom we will get into at a later date. Um, some things that I did notice I like the Barlow family. They never eat in their home. They always eat in the car. That's relatable to America. Um, you know, they're busy. They're on the go. They stopped at four or three different fast food restaurants before deciding on the one that they picked. So that's fun. Um, my questions are mainly for Miss Meredith Marks. How did we get you? She seems very apathetic, very removed, very not into this yeah no just me okay it's just very strange she's but I did love her son what a legend he is a scene stealer and I love how much she supports him you know she was asked about that at the virtual premiere party um, about her son being a scene stealer and she lit up she is overjoyed about her son and I think that's very important. We don't know the son's, you know, orientation or identification statuses um, as of yet. Again, episode one, this is all preliminary. But the way she talked about him, she just supports him through and through and loves him and is very happy that he has a platform and she lets him be himself. And um, she even said that, you know, he's able to do her hair. And I love that she encourages that. It's very reminiscent to me of um, Cam Westcott in Dallas encouraging her daughter to be whatever she wants and letting her do the football thing and just encouraging your kids to be themselves is really easy and also really good for them. Ooh, so good for them. I've had very many kids um, know that they are suppressed and come to school and be like, and, and whisper, ask me, little boys, can I twirl? can I dance? Can I show you this? And I'm like, yes, of course you can. And it's not because I want to undermine a parent. It's because I want a kid to feel free 
in my presence, in my classroom, in my group, in my camp, whatever. That's how they learn better, when they feel like they have access and that they have resources and they have support. They're much more open to learning. And that's exactly what we want as teachers is for them to learn. Um, I love that Meredith supports her son. Um, her kid is really cool. And he steals those scenes, him setting up that whole surprise for her. My question to her on the premiere party was, who cleaned up all those roses? There were a lot, girl, a whole lot. and. The answer was her housekeeper. It took a few days. She even let them stay on the floor for a few days because she loved the way it looked. And then for a few days, it took her housekeeper to clean them up. Welcome back to Wealth People. Um, what I can share, and this is just a little, little tea, that house, I believe they were not renting allegedly. Uh, they were renting allegedly because on the premiere party, someone asked, you know, what are they most... Or what do they regret or what are they looking forward to being shown? And something that she said was, I just wish, you know, we could show our home because that was a temporary home. Maybe we'll see that as the season goes on. And that's not a big secret. But for right now, for y'all, we didn't know that. So allegedly they were renting because she did say it was a temporary home. And we don't know what that means, but we will find out. Um, it's interesting. Do we agree that it's it's a big deal that her husband missed her birthday because it was one of like forever amount of birthdays that he's never missed. I mean, I get it. I'd want my spouse, my partner, my person to be there for my birthday too, but things happen. He's working. <laughs> like it happens. And this is one and she's a grown, grown woman looking great for her age, but very grown, grown. So is it okay? I think it's okay, but she was very upset. And I think that we're going to get some really, really interesting dynamics that might lead us to believe that there's something more than just missing a birthday that's going on with her and her family and her husband. Um, but I do think that she is rather sleepy as a housewife, just because the energy has already been so major from everyone else. I mean, Jen Shaw is a Botox, a plastic surgery addict, and I'm here for it. At least she's honest, you know? Her BFF, Heather, has a whole thing, a whole business, and she is like, great. Hook a sister up, and I'm digging it. And um, I laugh because Jen Shaw did say on the, at the premiere party also, that you can hear all this and then so much more on my Patreon. I did, uh, I did go into full detail there, um, mainly because it was fresh not because I was trying to be exclusive. It was just very fresh in my head. Um, Jen Shaw did say that she was like, there's not a lot of Black people in Salt Lake City. Uh, almost all of them are in my family. And Heather was my friend because she thought I was Black. Heather was like, yeah, I did. I thought she was Black. And that made me laugh. Um, so love the dynamics already. Love that there's already some drama between whether or not Lisa and Heather knew each other. I love that there's also some drama into whether or not Mary and Jen have a real fight going on. Mary was almost not invited to Meredith's party that was thrown by Jen at Jen's house where Jen made a special entrance and had dancers from her country there for Meredith's birthday. I love a delusional housewife who hijacks a personal event. That's amazing. Of course, make it about you. It's your house. I mean, she said yes to you hosting it there, but it just is so funny that <laughs> that that's something that most of us would never do. If we throw a party for our friends, we make it about our friends. But Jen, 
She's like, yeah, 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 girl, you could come to your own party, but let me show y'all my people. And I'm like, this is amazing. I really love her. Um, but I can understand what people may not. That makes sense. And you're fully valid. If you go into my DMs and say, I don't like her, I'll say understood or fair. Very fair. Um, but I do. But Mary was not asked to come at first. Uh, Whitney gets the text that she's invited. And of course, in true housewife fashion goes, hey, I just got a text that I was invited to this party. Oh, it says not to mention it in front of anyone. Oops, my bad. You're not invited. <laughs> Maybe they'll change their mind. And so they have to change their mind. Mary came. And we get some preliminary info into their history, um, Mary and Jen, who they still don't like each other to this day. I can attest to that. And Jen has an issue with Mary because Mary said it smells like hospital in here when coming to visit Jen um, at the hospital where her aunt was, or aunt, I don't say aunt, was passing away, was very sick. She had um, her leg amputated or something, I believe. And Mary, <laughs> she said it smells like hospital in here. That pissed off Jen understood bit of an overreaction maybe because it is a fair thing hospitals smell hospitally she didn't say it smelled foul or smelled terrible she just said it smelled like hospital in here and jen was like uh girl you see me crying i've been here for days what are you talking about like she was very upset and very sensitive it's family i get it however then mary goes into her confessional and talks about how unhealthy she probably was the aunt and if she's getting legs amputated, change her life, do better. And I was like, whoa, girl, we came out the gate swinging. And that is crazy to me. I was like, this is not the same thing y'all are arguing about, but maybe that's what Jen's getting at. She's like, I know you were saying something additional. I know you were thinking something additional. And um, Mary's like, I can't be bothered with this fight, which I find interesting, because how you will be already out of the fight? We just got started with the fight. But yet and still, I'm interested in this fight. And of course, we meet the alleged step-grandfather who Mary married <laughs> because her grandmother left her the church and the business. I believe she was a minister or and has this really lucrative church and business and left it to Mary on the contingency that she kept a step-grandfather in the family. Now, I don't know why that needed to mean marriage unless there are things about him something's up like something is why do we need that as a contingency in the will so I mean unless they can never testify against each other because they're married I don't know that's an allegation I'm alleging that there's no evidence to that I'm just saying that that is something I've heard of that you can't testify against your spouse and I don't know why they would need to but I mean it would help if we were already married but it, he, there they are and now Mary is a, is a pastor a minister a Pentecostal minister Ooh, that family has some secrets. And why you go on a reality show with those kind of secrets? I don't know. It takes a special kind of narcissism, but I love it. Let's do it. Why not? Her and Jen probably have more in common than they do separate. So we'll see what happens with that. But the husband is not that cute. And I could see why you would need to write in a will that someone marry him because I don't know who else would otherwise. Um, so there's that. But step-granddaddy, welcome to the housewife fold. We're going to grill you and read you for filth. I'm getting Michael Darby vibes. Let's stay tuned for that. SLC, what a treat. It was good. I loved it. I actually thought we got a lot more than 
needed in one episode. And I'm very happy to take on this journey. New women, new fashion. Did y'all see these homes? Did you see how they're getting out of that car with those hills going into Jen's house to help her set up for the party? Y'all, outfits, money, yes, homes, the views, wealth. Oh my God. Every house, I was like, yes, 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 yes. Very, very nice. And Whitney's on a, a stripper pole in her house. And I love that. Why not? To be able to get married on, um, you know, TV and then show what you're working with. It's it's a treat. It felt very uh, Melissa Gorga-esque <laughs> in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, really into this. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it keeps keeping our attention. But I'm also so desperate right now for content that I'll take it. So I'm very happy about that. This is content that has not bothered me yet. I think they're going to do a really good job um, of getting us drawn in and sucked in. I'm interested in the Mary versus um, Jen drama. Seems like Mary has this little bit of self-loathing or something happening there where Jen will call her out on being like, racist and stuff against, you know, Jen's husband. We will see. I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm all the way in. So um, the ladies seem lovely. They seem very reactive, very responsive on socials. And I'm into all of them. I'm just worried that Meredith don't want to be here already. So, and she's gorgeous. So I'm like, let's, let's see where this goes. Let's have a good season. I think it's going to be a fun one. And y'all, this is not a paid ad. Vita Tequila is delicious. Thank you so much to Miss Lisa Barlow for sending me some. It is delicious. I'm not even lying to you. I don't know if she has drunk it, can drink it, does drink it. That's none of my business. I will judge it later. It's delicious. It's very, very good. Very smooth. I would not taste that in a cocktail. So thank you so much to Vita Tequila and Lisa Barlow for sending me that smooth ass tequila. It is um, definitely a Blanco and it is very good. And it has, it, they sent it with, along with a cocktail card on all the cocktails that I can make with it. Very excited to try every single one. It is delicious. Again, thank you so much to Vita Tequila and Lisa Bella for sending it to me. I took the shot live on my, or in my own Instagram stories, so I'm not lying to you. And I also wouldn't. I would not never even brought it up if it wasn't good because I'm not that desperate for people to like me. So it's really good. Y'all will like it. And Lisa Barlow was very kind to send it to me. She was very nice. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into these new wives. I, we haven't had new wives to learn and love in a very long time. I mean, Dallas and Potomac are almost five years old. So this is really special and it's really great to be able to get to know them and connect with them and to see how other people live. I mean, yeah, Salt Lake City is sleepy, but honey, this franchise is not. So let's get into it. Let's enjoy it. And coming up next, Miss Deanna Spear from Aspirational, the podcast formerly known as You Can't Sit With Me. Um, we might know her from that and from a lot of other things. And so we talk a lot of stuff. Uh, who she's close with on Vanderpump Rules, who was her least favorite, you know, person to interview, her most favorite person to interview. Um, what is it like to be a red carpet interviewer? Is LA as cracked as much as it is cracked up to be? Does it live up to the hype? Is it really that amazing, glamorous Hollywood life that we like to see? What is it like? What shows is she, wa is she watching? Best and worst. What has Bravo done right? What have they done wrong? I love getting people's opinions on that. So, yeah, we're talking to Miss Deanna Esper right now. 
And thank y'all for listening. Now, coming up next, you can sit with her, and she is inspirational. It's Deanna. All right, guys, as promised, I am back with Miss Diana Esper. Am I saying that right? Esper? Diana Esper. Esper. Oh, it's so fancy. I love that. As is a, it? I was always is. ashamed of my name growing no, up. No, I think that's really spicy. I like it. It feels fancy, it feels you. extra saucy. I enjoy that. Um, she is the host of Aspirational, a play on your last name. It is a podcast. It is formally You Can't Sit With Me, if you may have heard of that, but I know you've heard of her, but I'm certainly glad I can sit with you now, honey. So I am thrilled to have you on. Hello. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be on your podcast. Quick question. Do you share your surname, your family name on, on your... I do not because I am um, a teacher by trade. I'm studying to be a teacher and I like to keep those things separate. Um, I never want <laughs> like a mom to be like, I was listening to you in the car. You are not qualified to teach my seven-year-old. Like, not that they would, uh, but I just want to make sure that like I protect the integrity of like the kids I, I teach and the families. Yeah. So I tend to not. So I just- No, I totally I get that. Money. Totally get that. You know what? When I started doing all this stuff, I realize sometimes I say shit and I'm like, if I wanted a switch in career, which might very well might happen because I literally want to change my career every couple of years, mm-hmm. um, I'd be fucked. So smart move. I was not as smart as you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that I, I'm, I'm, so I'm from the DC, Maryland, Virginia area here. That's known as the DMV. Y'all, she is calling in from London, honey. We are, we have gone international. We are international mixers <laughs> yes. now. Um, so here is called the DMV. It's like if you, uh, the house has a Potomac, that's my home franchise. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Talk about it ad nauseum here on the show, how close and in, in, in proximity I am to those ladies and those things. But my parents, like, so in our area, working in the federal government, that is the main gig in the entire DC, Maryland, Virginia area. So right. when you have parents that work in the federal government, they're like, extra paranoid about everything and they I'm teach sure. you to be extra paranoid about what you put on the internet what you do here what you do there because it's like super super regular people jobs so my mom was always like no last name they shouldn't see your face like <laughs> and now i'm out here posting my face and like hi hello i am around and she's like oh you want them to see your face eight thousand people see you i couldn't do that and i'm like mom it's a new world it's a new thing. It is. What did you think? What did you, how did you feel the first time you decided to post your face? Was it like a, should I press send? Should I press upload? Were yes. you afraid? It was definitely because I was doing all memes. I was like, this is the perfect outlet for me to be able to hide behind it and just be a voice. And I was talking to my good friend, Anthony Lario, fellow podcaster. And he was like, you really are coming at a stage where you have to make a decision. Like, are you just a meme page or are you a voice? And I think if you put your face and your voice together, people see who they're connecting to, who they're listening to, they will probably connect with you more. And he's not wrong. It's done very well ever since. And also, (laughs) meme pages without faces are cowards. I mean, it's really hard. It's (laughs) hard to just... Because it's like, who am I yelling at? You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of the point is that they want to make sure that you're not, that they feel like a disconnect of they're not yelling at a person, but you're still a person. So you're still going to feel it. Like you still feel like you're being yelled at, you know? Yeah. So I might have to exactly. put my face out there. 
hundred percent. You're gonna get nasty comments anyway, so you may as well you just be like, well. "Well, when you're sending me your shitty arsehole comments, you're sending it to me." You know what yes. I mean? <laughs> so know this face. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I've had to do that a lot more, especially with everything that's happened. You know, during um, this past summer with Black Lives Matter and this election yeah. and everything, I've gotten not a lot. I've gotten um, a few, you know, ignorant people. And I'm like, I just love how you came to the visibly Black girls page to be racist. Like, I just don't understand. Like, why, how the detour did you come <laughs> to my DMs and think that I was going to debate with you about the validity of racism? And agree That's with cute, you. <laughs> right. Like, what am I supposed to do? Go, you know what? You're right. That's so true. You're right. We are all just, tr- what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Like, no, girl, like, <laughs> makes no sense at all. I do not understand the logic behind people, but I think that because I have a face, it has created a lot more yeah. reason for people to pause and be like, I am literally sending this to like a cute little cherubie girl's face. And how dare I? Like, yes, have shame. Yeah, how dare I? <laughs> Have shame. I'm cool with shame. Also, can I just say, like, what you're saying is 100% valid, but also, when I see just a memes page without a person, if I can't visualize the person that's posting the memes, I just don't really care all that much. Like, I want to see the kind of person. Yeah, it's funny, like, one time. And then you have to, you, it's funny like one time and then you have to, con- they have to constantly recreate stuff because it's like, I only think post like maybe one meme at a time because people get my sense of humor. They say, yeah. I've had people comment, I read this in your voice and I would. But that's that. what I mean. You want to visualize. Yeah. It's only funny if you visualize that specific person saying it, mm-hmm. but like, no offense, but I've, I've made memes too. Memes are fucking easy to make. So if there's no face that you can associate with the content to, to mm-hmm. visualize it, it's not that funny. Like now that I, you know, that I've heard your voice, I read your stuff and I read it in your voice and I oh, find it funny. But if I said it in my voice, it wouldn't be funny. So you know, <laughs> that's very true. I think that, you know, and I, I do, I have a, I love the meme community, especially the Bravo meme community. Y'all make Bravo seem more interesting than it is 90% of the time. <laughs> um, so shout out to you. Um, and yeah, you know, it just feel like you have to constantly create so that people constantly can kind of feel connected to you because yeah. otherwise they don't have something to connect it to and they don't have a voice to read it in. And sometimes the jokes get missed beyond that. I mean, I do see like little nuances like so, you know I do know some memers who have used a specific kind of font or a specific kind of layout and I'm like that is lovely but I whenever they post something to their stories that's the first time that I'm always instantly to comment whenever I see their face I'm like adorable love you like you look so cute it's just even funnier now because I love to see like you know the little blonde girl behind you're so sweet I look at their stories and I'm like please pluck your eyebrows or like, please do a skin, a facial. <laughs> no, I love it. I mean, that's why we're all into reality TV and stuff. That's yeah. And a hundred percent. It's the funnest part of reality TV. It's judging. It, it was created it. to judge. And you know, what you're saying is so right. Um, the memes and the, the media and the social media Bravo community makes Bravo so much more fucking interesting. Like you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Because I, I, the whole fun in watching the show for me is to critique and is to yeah. dissect. But if I, I probably would never have watched Bravo if it wasn't to critique it. 
I don't know how to explain True. it. For me, the yeah. fun is in critiquing. Um, it's so fascinating to me to just dissect and try to understand some behaviors. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to communicate with other people. Um, I don't think I would be able to just sit on my ass all day, watch 15 reality TV shows and just enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. And not to mention, I mean, if you think about our journey with Housewives, they started being totally aspirational um and (laughs) and it was like never attainable it was never an attainable reality for a lot of people who watched it and that was the whole point all we really could do was judge and critique because it's not us it's not for us this isn't our life what they would fight about what they would do like adrian maloof and beverly hills taking a limo to lisa vanderpump's house that's not our reality it's next door like we don't do that so uh, the is Adrian Malufa's face alone was unattainable. Not yeah, I don't. I definitely don't have that kind of money to do it. You know, and I don't think I'd want to, even if I did. But let the limo aside. Her face. Hello. It's it's an unattainable you know reality, and it's something that we're welcomed. That we're in, ushered in to judge and to critique. So it makes yeah. total sense, and it feels like exclusionary because we're able to all come together to come at an, a world that we're like never invite us in so yeah. and that's that's the fun part of it but all. That, that's the whole point and you can't sit with me it's like yes i don't want your fucking invitation you you're I not invited it. to sit with me so that was my whole point essentially yeah. which i did i wasn't trying to bring that to, to me but you know no, so i was <laughs> no, but uh, never. <laughs> we all know I'm self-centered, but I try really hard not to be on other people's podcasts, Love but it. I am. But um, yeah, no, I, I like, but I like the fact that it's not an inclusive, you know, reality um, because mm-hmm. I like to be an intruder in that reality, if I'm honest. Yeah. See, this is my whole thing. I get, OC is going through such a shift right now. And I'm just like, I can't see myself in Gina's casita because her home situation is a little too attainable for me. Like I could do that. I would never have seven kids in it, but I could do it. And that seems too attainable. I want absolute delusional, lavish luxury. Like to the point where I, I I want Sutton from Beverly Hills. I want that where it's ugly and I still want it. Yeah. Yeah. So fucking ugly, by the way. But um, they, so bad, but they, um, they set the bar too high, especially for OC housewives, because it's not mm-hmm. that common to be that lavish in Orange County, I don't think. It's mm-hmm. more like Beverly Hills vibes, I think. They set the bar a bit too high. So it, it, it's kind of like once you've tasted amazing wine, you can't. You I can't know, go back to Barefoot. Brand. The store brand. No, no, we don't want that. No. And so, and once you've tasted like al dente pasta from Italy, it's like. I can never. I mean? I actually can't. Like, I am so afraid to travel to Italy because what will I do when I return home? I love pasta again. Exactly. And that doesn't work for me. That's not my life. That's not my ministry. That's not what the Lord wants for my life is to never have pasta again. I need my pasta. Even though I literally have a gluten intolerance, I will suffer for a pasta. I will go to Italy and eat the pasta and just have to die. And that's fine. Like, I'm just going to love it and it'll be fine. Wait, if you had pasta, would you actually die? No, I won't die. It's okay. intolerance. Okay. So I'll be okay. It's not an outright But you'll allergy. feel like shit. Yeah, you'll feel like uh, yeah, shit. Yeah, it'll feel like yeah. I'm dying without the relief. Okay, without the relief. <laughs> so that's even worse. Oh, actually yeah, yeah. dying. Yeah, so it's, it's a lot worse because I'm like stuck in it. 
So, um, but I still have plans to go, but I feel like when I'm done, absolutely done with pasta and with gluten and like overall in my life, that's when I'll fly to Italy. That's when I'll make it my last hurrah and I'll eat the best pasta there ever was. And then I can yes. go out. And yes. that way when people ask me like, oh, why are you gluten-free? I'm like, because I went to Italy and it yeah, was now, so good. Now you, can have a, you can have a bougie excuse off to that. You can I be like, sorry. That. I went, to, I went Italy. to Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Good you, now. Exactly. I'm good now. And but you know, you don't have to actually go to Italy to have good pasta. There's actually some decent places. There are some decent places in LA, but not quite as good. There are some really good, almost as good places in Europe. But yeah, the Italy thing really just I'm gonna go to Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um yes. so, so that's what they've done with Real Housewives of OC. They've given us some like you know, you know, when you're in a high school cafeteria where you've got like the cook that like makes this big, huge, massive thing of watery pasta that basically tastes like water. You basically just like swallow it like water because it has no like texture. And yeah, mm -hmm. they've given us that with Gina's Casita. Yes. And not yes. the beautiful homemade al dente spaghetti from Italy. You know what? Let's get back to Al Dente. Maybe I'll even title this episode "Getting Back to Al Dente in Italy." Oh, um, I like that. Thank I you. I like that, it too. I think it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That works. Yeah. You know, what yeah. is she talking about? Pasta? Yes, bitch. We are talking about the pasta. We it are, and it's not. It's, it is about the pasta. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Oh my gosh! Like literally, <laughs> twin souls. I want to ask you about your podcast. The name change. You can't sit with me. Was Yes. It, it was quite a hit. It was quite a hit. People really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And then, I mean, but I think people identified and enjoyed you. So changing the name doesn't create much pause considering, well, still the same host. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> I love, I was listening to your last episode of Aspirational, um, that you did with Riley from Below Deck. Yeah. And I love that it started, um, this is not a self-help podcast. And I said, that is an important distinction. Thank you. It's the most important thing that you need to take away from the podcast. Yes. Um, question for you. Were you disappointed by the name change? Because a few people have told me that. Not many, but like some people have told me. You can be 100% honest with me. I literally don't care. I love it when people are honest with me. Okay. I was an English major in college. So I love a pun. Like a pun something wordy, something witty, it really gets me going. You can sit with me. I enjoyed as the, for the content, but the name, and this is going to be a hot take. This is no shade, but the name is basic to me because we, it's love so that. Basic. we love that line. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. It's mean girls. It's that whole uh, thing. And listen, I have three mean girls on Wednesdays. We wear pink aprons. I love the shit out of that movie. It's my top three. It's in my trilogy. It's in my holy trinity of movies. Mean Girls is number two. So I get it. But I like aspirational even more because it feels like I'm buying into the host and not just the content. And it's a pun. And I love a pun. It's and a pun. What else would you do with the name? Exactly. Can I just tell you something? We were talking about al dente pasta and the way you're talking with your hands is so Italian. And as you're talking, Yay. I'm like moving along with you with my hands because I'm like, <laughs> wow, the passion. Yes, I'm the used passion. to being in front of students. So I like, and if you're the only person standing in from a room full of like 25 year olds, you have to be 
animated because otherwise they're not interested they're like i'm I'm into it it's making me want to like dance along with you and i'm doing it when i'm not even talking now so i'm but by the way if you see me going like this i'm not like making fun of you i'm just like yeah i love it yes yes you're inspiring Um, but no i completely agree with you about the name so you know, when I started podcasting, it was over three years ago now. It was quite a while ago. It was before, you know, a lot of people, like literally everyone with a brand started having a podcast. So there wasn't that much thought put into it. It wasn't like now where people have real concepts and real branding around their podcasts. Before podcasts were kind of like a, you know, more of like a something that you listen to when you're bored. Now people dedicate time to listen to their favorite podcasts. And, um, you know, I was this red carpet interviewer and I was at a place in my life, going to get a little vulnerable because I tend to do that on other people's podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not on my own, just on other people's because (laughs) I feel like I need to like come through. And um, I was at a place in my life where I felt like I had nothing, like I had nothing for so many reasons. I was alone. I had no friends. I had no one. I was left by an ex-boyfriend. I had nowhere to stay. And so I kind of was just floating along and going to work and doing the things, but I wasn't like feeling anything. So I would go to all these red carpet interviews, not giving a fuck. And that resulted in me kind of having this, like a bit of a facade when I was on the red carpet. I had this very just disinterest. I was still interested, but I, I just didn't give a fuck what these people thought of me. Mm-hmm. And I was not stressed. I was not excited. I was not stressed. And it came across very, not rude, but a bit snobby. So then I kind of played along with it because it was very hard for me to be vulnerable in any given situation. And I became the mean red carpet host, like the, the one who always fucks up, the one who doesn't care, the one who will ask the question that no one wants to ask because I literally gave zero facts. And um, so then I was, you know, I was doing some news and stuff and I had a bit more of like a spicy personality at the time when people were doing entertainment news. It was very, uh, it was way more, how can I explain it, traditional and linear Mm -hmm. and just, you know, the facts. I was more of an opinionated person. So I started this podcast, you know, not because I wanted to be a mean girl, like I'm not a mean girl, but it was more because... I clearly stood stood out being a foreigner in America, in LA. Right. And it was, LA is such a, you can't sit with us mentality. And, you know, the, the thought process behind this podcast was like, well, I didn't, you don't want me to sit with you. I don't fucking want to, you can't sit with me. That was more what it was mm. like. And then obviously the mean girls thing. And I thought, oh, that could be funny. Mean girls. Everyone thinks I'm a mean girl on the red carpet. Like, cool, cool, cool. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So I kind of went along with it. I was never a huge fan of it, but I just thought, you know, no one knows about me. No one knows what I'm doing. And so if, the, if they see the title and it's something that they can relate to, then right. cool, maybe they'll be interested in it. Because I think that if I had gone for aspirational at the beginning of my podcasting career, right. people wouldn't have really known what they were getting themselves into. Oh, um, yeah. Obviously now I'm not the famous podcaster, but I feel like, whether it's on other people's stories or on other people's podcasts, people have heard of the show and have heard about me. So I feel like it makes more sense to, you know, I wanted to 
empathize, emphasize that, you know, I'm still going to be me. This is going to be supersized personality, Diana's personality. And that's kind of why I changed it. I was like, I no longer need to ride on the back of an outdated movie to have a podcast. (laughs) That was a thought process. I love it. I think that's, I think that's, you know, we love, we love growth here on yes. Mixing with Moni. We love growth. We like improvement. We like maturity. We love all of these things. So we're here for yes. that. I want to ask you a fun question. Who was your yes. favorite person that you got to interview on the red carpet? On the red carpet? You know what? It's, I, I, I've been asked that question before, and it's always hard for me to respond because mm-hmm. usually the more famous people that you interview are usually the least interesting interviews. Not because that I they're believe. More, yeah, they're more media trained. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I like a really raw interview okay. that is like, wow, that, that was fun. You know, yes. and that doesn't really happen with the super fan, especially because I was not e-news. Like I was not the biggest outlet of all so obviously people didn't you know the really big people don't care to give me a a scandalous interview um on the red carpet i have to say ooh, do you know um uh what's his face the the guy who is a makeup influencer and he's from hawaii okay Okay. do you know this guy uh Um, bretman rock bretman rock oh oh yes yeah 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 we do so I don't know if it was my best inter- it, it, it wasn't my best interview, but it's just off the top of my head. He was just so funny. And yeah, he came adorable. to BeautyCon. Yeah, he came to BeautyCon. Everyone's like, oh, I want to thank my family. And like, I'm so grateful that I can wear makeup and be an influencer. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. And yes. this guy was like, you know what? What keeps me real is that I live in Hawaii. I don't give a fuck what goes on here in LA. And he's fucking crazy. I don't want to live in LA. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> oh, what a fun take. As you always hear, I mean, I feel like, you know, LA is so glorified. And, and- yes. Not saying unrightfully, it makes sense. It's a wonderful place. A lot of things happen there. It's you know, I love LA. I, it's to, wonderful. To an extent. I'm very northeastern. I was literally almost raised. I was born in Maryland, raised in the DC area. My parents are both from Washington DC. So my vibe is more city and more serious. So LA always felt like like two. I'll get there when I get there, and I can't really handle that. Like I don't do well with that. So it was never really a great place. For me, but like you know, watching like Vanderpump Rules in the early days and stuff, yeah, I'd be like, oh, this is beautiful. They made slumming and being like at the bottom feel glamorous. That they made being regular feel glamorous. Like people who were servers, yeah. and stuff, they made it look like fun. I was like, I want to work somewhere like that. That looks like fun. They're on photo shoots and they're getting, they're doing makeup to work, and it was a fun yeah. vibe. So it definitely is very glorified to me. But yeah, it seems like it might have its quirks. Y- yeah. So, oh, I mean, yeah. So for so. What I will say about Vanderpump Rules is despite the fact that some of the people we've seen throughout the years ended up not being working at Sir and Pump and Tom Tom, like lied about it. Yes, the depiction of the West Hollywood lifestyle, that's real. Like I can say, because I lived there for like four years or five, Mm -hmm. like however many years, 
and the places they go to and what they do for fun and the workout classes they go to, the weird fucked up shit, you know, where they go make potions and candles and whatever the fuck they do. That's all real. That's all very LA. There's always something new and weird that anywhere else in the world, people would think you're a psycho, but in LA mm-hmm. to do it, you're like the cool person who tried this new thing. Yeah. Um, you know, angels, it, I think that's when I got very, very confused as to what I was accepting as normal in my life and on my television. Um, yes. Lala and Brittany, I believe getting butt facials really took me, it, I had to do a lot of reflection. And or I'm getting like, your vajazzled, your vagina yeah, bedazzled. Like, yeah. Why am I not creating pause? Why am I not shocked? This is probably a lot of digestion of this one type of show that now nothing phases me. And that, no, that should phase anybody. Yeah. Yes. But, um, you know, the real, the real truth about LA, my take on LA now that I've been there and I'm not there now because I was quarantined in Switzerland and now somehow I've ended up in London. Um, my take on LA is that it's not that glamorous and it's not that fake and it's not that woo all the time. So I was a red carpet host. I was on red carpets all the time. But when I was not on the red carpets, I spent my life in PJs. I was walking my dog, a lot of time alone at home. It's very hard to get people together because it's very spread out. And you know, coming from yes. the UK and Switzerland, I thought the weather's going to be so fucking epic. It's going to make my life so fucking amazing. And actually, what I've come to realize is that the weather in LA, it kind of conceals your misery. So you're, you know, you're in this life and you may be a bit lonely. You may be a bit miserable. Maybe you're having the time of your life. I don't fucking know. But you wake up to that sunshine and you think everything's great but it's not. Mm. And it's kind of deceiving, you know, and it it has that aspect about it. And I think that's why everyone sees it as like, woo, it's like this like paradise because it's the entertainment and industry and everyone feels great. But I think that's also why everyone's in therapy and everyone's on antidepressants. So, Mm. you know, it's kind of what you make of it. You know, it can be very lonely, very spread out. So what I made of LA was amazing not because it was LA because I've now recreated that same thing for me in London and I'm still having the same amount of fun despite coronavirus and quarantine so I I just think like anywhere else it's what you make of it really but I needed to go to LA and find out about those things to be able to take them back with me to the UK yeah I love that um yeah so we touched on you know BPR it's gotten if uh, I've said it's felt and felt a little bit more dark, I don't think it actually feels darker now. I think it actually maybe started dark and we all put up with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was rewatching yeah. early seasons and I was like, oh no, this is actually, we're in pitch black. Like we're, we're pitch black. <laughs> pitch black, yeah. <laughs> and I think that it was just like, you know, it's, it's something that was like escapist television for us to make you feel like, you know, you might be regular, you might be having a shitty life, but it's not that bad and you point it to the screen be like I'm not slapping my BFF for sleeping with my boyfriend on her couch like that's not where I'm at so I feel good yeah um of that cast I've heard um from listening to your other podcast it's not a stoner just a fan um thank you you adjacent to the cast right you know some I can't I don't know like I don't know I don't know what adjacent I mean, no, like other Vanderpump Rules people are part of my daily life 
no no um i'm friends with dana like i still talk yeah. to dana all the time and she was um, the breakout star this year yes Break yes out. the girls loved dana i use the girls as a universal term for everyone um okay it's good, good. Easier okay. That way. The yes. <laughs> yeah the Thank girls you. love dana um, it was a general consensus that Dana gave us life back to the show. I have to admit, for the little bit of this season that I did watch, I found her to be probably one of the more refreshing things, maybe because new people made me feel like I had new opportunities to either not hate you or something like that. Because it was like, you know, they often say, well, the show is designed for you to not like anyone. And I was like, but I like some people. I don't know. So what did did you see her season her breakout season and did you were you yes. proud of her were you like hey girl you did it you're doing great they, they love you yeah very very proud um i thought she did amazing i met her right when she started shooting through a mutual friend but that didn't really have to do with vanderpump rules right, right. and then you know we really liked each other as friends and then we ended up um every saturday we would go to the same pilates class which by the way I'm not a workout person. This was a phase in my life that I Love thought would that. make me like cool if I yeah, went to Pilates. And a... Yeah, it was a phase. Um, I don't go to Pilates anymore. But um, so we saw that saw each other there every Saturday, and then we had lunch, and then we became friends. And you know, we, she's she's an amazing person. So you know, yeah, I watched it. I was proud of her. I think. Um, I don't know how I would have felt about her if she wasn't my friend, because I think that she stood out like a sore thumb because she is too mm. intelligent to be on a show like this one. So I liked the fact I that she was able to check people, but mm -hmm. I want people to be dumb as well on reality TV. No, you know, point. I often felt like she did stand out as someone who was a little too with it to be specifically on her performance on the show it felt like she was a little too with it she had the wherewithal and it felt like then why are you here and it's no really shade towards her it's more like a everyone on this show we are designed you will find a group of people that hate them you will you just will there are people who die hard love Jax, die hard hate him die hard love yes. sheena die hard hate her like there are just people that like that but with dana it felt a little too we could all come in agreement and I don't like coming into agreement with people. I like fighting with people that well, it's this also person editing. is more It's also editing and production, I guess. But um, I think uh, it wasn't good or bad with Dana. I just think that she, it was so obvious that she was more intelligent than the rest of the cast. So mm. it's kind of like, I knew well, that she would. Hell, but... Huh? said the bar was in hell so no no the no. standard was pretty low <laughs> not saying she's not intelligent just saying that I mean no one was no. watching for einstein we were all just pleasantly refreshed by oh my no no no. <laughs> you watch vanderpump rules to rest your brain cells yeah. you want it yes. to be dumb yes. yes i mean we're watching a bunch of very very small women wear handkerchiefs to serve basically mozzarella steaks full of goat cheese like goat cheese balls like girl Deep fried cheese is not new. Lisa Vanderpump did not invent. It was always the the way that they would vapidly speak of goat cheese balls always made me feel like this was my home. Like this was where I needed to be to take a break because that's not a new concept. But they would yes. act like it was the most exciting thing you could put in your mouth. Is good. And let me tell you something. Are they good? No. Um. No. Oh. They. They're fine. They're fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're fine. They're good. They're just not the best thing you'll put in your mouth. Understood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tasted better things from the menu is all I'm going to say. I can't remember what it was because I don't have that kind of memory and I don't have those kinds of brain cells that Dana has. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's just not the best thing in the world. It was fine. It was good. Is it worth basically being a, the, the breakout star of Vanderpump Rules, the goat cheese balls? No. I mean, shout out to her because she was trying to, you know, get her check and she was working and I, we, we love a working queen. Um, no, and she was here. really working. That's, you know, I saw her at Tom Tom at the bar, like actually fucking yes. working. I have had people tell me that they, she was like, she was actually like in the establishment doing the work, um, which is something we work. can't say for all the girls. So no, no. I do have a um, little shady question. Do you have a least favorite person that you've ever interviewed? Was there ever someone either disappointed? You were like, oh, I was really excited. And it was like, oh, no, this wasn't it. Or just, it yeah. just went left. So wait, I didn't answer your previous question. So oh, adjacent, adjacent, adjacent to the cast, to like, you know, I've come across Peter a few times. He came on my show. I used to co-host the Pump Rules podcast with Craig. So, you know, I've interviewed James Kennedy, Tom Sandoval. Sometimes I was invited to a couple things. I've hung out with Sheena a couple times. I went to her birthday. So I don't know if you can say adjacent, but. I was, I was, I was in West Hollywood. I was just kind mm-hmm. of there, you know, okay. I've, so you know, I like that smaller, it's, um, it's a, it's a small world after all. I've heard that before about them. West Hollywood is a small, small world. And I was a part of that world and it is not really possible to be a part of that world without, with never coming across those people because they are always there. You know, they yeah. are. Yeah. That's so, how they got a show. So Yes, that's how they got a show. So originally met them through the Pump Rules podcast, mm-hmm. then kind of um, built relationships with some of them and briefly, you know, encountered some of them. And I was, I've been there to some of the tapings and things like that, but not really adjacent. Like, I'm not like Rachel O'Brien, who was friends with Kristen and Stasi and Katie and was not really on the right. show, but adjacent. Like, that's not my situation. Okay. Would you have ever gone on? No. Oh. Okay. Fair. Not Vanderpump Keep Rules. Your life to not, no, I no, I'm not above reality TV actually. Just but not that one. It's just they're a tight knit group of friends. And mm-hmm. I knew that I would have gone to get trashed by everyone. And yeah. you know, unlike Dana, I'm not the likable person. So it would have mm. it wouldn't have I, I don't know. I just think it's just not I I want to be a coward behind a microphone. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I love that. Me too. Um, I mean, because yeah. otherwise I can't say things like that. I mean, that's pretty much what happened to Lala. I mean, she went on. It was not pleasant. It was not pretty. They were very, very um, in disagreement on her being on that show and their group. And then she got with the semi-rich, semi-famous producer. And they were like, hey, girl, we love you. BFF. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't want fake people in my wedding or in my baby shower. I don't know. Um, it would yeah. not, and I don't want to wake up next to him either. So thank you. Um, um, yeah, so we want autonomy and people we have in our baby showers and in our bed. I, I agree. Yeah, so like, yeah, I'm not above, you know, a reality TV. But for me, it would be, I've never really thought about it because to me, I'm just a podcaster and host, but it would have probably needed to be the right thing. Um, which is not that because I've never actually been a bartender Mm -hmm. and I've not been friends with these people for seven or 10 or 15 years. You know, my group of friends is completely different and I'm not actually 
these people are not my kind of people. Like the friends that I made in LA, yes, I've, I've been around these people, but my friends in LA are very, very different. So, you know, I was, Don't I had multi-dimensional. a multi-dimensional. I love, I love a multi-dimensional city. Glad that there's other kinds out there. There are other kinds. And, you know, my friends, we would be more like, we would go to funky, weird shit and we would just chill in my house and watch TV and dance to music and have rosé. Like, you know, we weren't like, oh my gosh, like this guy texted me. Like my, my, my girlfriends in LA was so different. Like we, I, I was with my cousin. He came to visit me in LA one time and he was like, you know, what's really weird that I've noticed with you and your LA friends. Like you guys actually don't talk about other people. And it's so weird because I bitch about every fucking person on my podcast and on my Instagram. But in my real life, like all I want to do is talk about my dog and like what Netflix show I enjoyed watching. Oh, I love that. I really do. I mean, I, that's, I am very judgy, very on, on the pod. And then at home, I'm just like, we should all have peace and love. I think that is very important. Someone just knocked on my door one second. <laughs> We are experiencing live that I got my first rug (laughs) for my apartment and I am adult shit. This is some real adult shit. Having rugs delivered is no longer just, you know, your food, your local food postmate person. We're now having rugs delivered. I mean, because London's fully locked down, right? So this is. Oh, yeah, we're fully locked down now. Yes. Awesome. Love the way we're going as a great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you. Like, awesome. Remember when we all thought it would be two weeks? That was so cute. We were so fun and young. At the very yeah. beginning, we were like, oh, two weeks, and we'll probably be back to normal by like May. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't cancel anything for the summer. We're fine. And then here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could show you. I wish I could show you last lockdown. You know, everyone was like, ugh. I'm ugly. I'm this. Like, I wish I could get my hair done. Like, la, la, la. When I heard that I was going to be in quarantine in London, I went on Amazon and I was like, at home waxing kit, at home eyebrow dye kit, at home mm-hmm. eyelash tint kit, at home self tan. I am Everything like, at home. I am prepared, bitches. Like, I'm yeah, telling I mean, you. Yeah. I'm, I basically could do the jobs myself now. I mean, I look. I look great, so I'm happy. Um, yeah. Do want to continue being bitchy. This, do we have a least favorite person we've interviewed? Oh my gosh, I love that you're like really going for this. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I, I need it. I want, this is what I want. I want, okay. the, I want the bitchiness. Okay, bitchiness. Okay, let's do it. Um, Peter on my podcast was... I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I like him. He's nice. Like, it's nice of him that he came on. You know, I appreciate the time and the effort. Um, I have hung out with Peter a few times. He's actually a really nice person. Mm-hmm. I just think he came across like a bit of a fool on my show and he tried to make me look like a fool. And I think it ended up kind of doing the opposite for him. So oh, maybe him. No, not on my show trying to make me look a fool, honey. Oh, yeah. No, but, but least see, favorite also... cast member, Lala. Uh, um, yeah, I get that. I feel that. That makes yeah. total sense to me. I have never identified with a statement more. And that's saying something because that cast was very easy to dislike. It's very easy to dislike a lot like, of people on that. But she has she no storyline and goes to Raquel and is like, you need to know your place. Bitch, you're on a reality TV show. You're giving us nothing. You're you know right, your place. Yeah, know your place. Girl, you were hired, okay? So <laughs> 
that's the hot take people really don't know. She was hired. She was the first casted hired person on that show. And that's why they didn't like her at first because they were like, hey, we need a little reinforcement because the waiter thing, not working out, not enough. And that's why they did not like her. And I just think that the way she talked to Raquel when she was in uh, in the front of Sir like at brunch or whatever, it, it truly left the worst taste in my mouth. Like I like shitty reality TV. I like a good fight, but let if the girl's not gonna fight back, we need to hang it up. Like it makes zero sense to just like fight a dead deer. Yeah, it no it's sense. fun if you know the girl's gonna fight back, and if there's a bit of a crying situation. But I just feel like, you know, Raquel in that situation was just harmless and she just had nothing like it it, it was just not right i don't much. know that's weird i didn't that's a bit much. enjoy that oh okay i love that so you know those yeah. I, I mean i get it i mean it's, this is why peter serves the drinks at the reunion and he's never sitting down in the bar stool just because he doesn't give us what we need from i've asked him i was like why don't you you know why don't you have a bigger role you know in the tv series and he was like well i film a lot but they choose not to you know to air it <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, that that's gonna keep me laughing for a while. I want to do a I call it it's a it's a lightning round where one answer, lots of questions, and you just give me first thing that comes to your mind. No I'm so terrible at these, but I'm okay. so in the mood for it because I okay, love great. a game. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Favorite cocktail. Spicy margarita with salt on the rim. Okay. Um, favorite Bravo show ever. Last thing, the only thing you can watch in quarantine. It's like one show, that's it. Below Deck Med. Really? Okay. That's the one with, that's Hannah's, right? That was Yeah. And I, I watched I, that I, in quarantine. Okay, great. I liked Kate's. Uh, uh, more not no shade to Hannah. I just like a bitchier chief stew, and Kate gives that to me. She, Hannah, I, 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 I up, do love Kate. Yeah, Hannah, I ended up always rooting for, and I was like on her side too much. And I want to be a little against you. I want to see you being a bitch to the staff because in every other yeah. job, that's like human resources lead, not possible. You're so, a bit vicious. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want and you want to like let your inner vicious just be unleashed. I love that. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Favorite housewife franchise? I'm not going to give an answer to that question for the reason that for a long time, I was only my, I don't even watch New York. I've only (gasps) been watching Beverly Hills and OC. Yeah. Because I didn't grow up in America. So I didn't have the American TV channels. And when I moved there, someone told me, Oh, Beverly Hills, you should watch the real housewives of Beverly Hills because you know, the restaurants, they'll show you the place. So I don't think I should answer that because I've not seen enough to be able to say. And I just started the first episode. I started a little bit of um, New Jersey and Atlanta, but I don't know. And I, I can't answer that Oh, question. Atlanta is a fantastic first start. Sasha told me to yeah. start watching. So I don't oh, want to say absolutely. now. Oh, I love Sasha. Yeah, no, I, okay. Yeah. But of Beverly Hills yeah. and Orange County, if you had to Beverly say Hills. all of it. Okay, great. That is an answer that is very acceptable. I do okay. agree Atlanta is, I, I just re, re-watched and reviewed season one, episode two for someone else's podcast. It is so good. It, stand up, it stands up so well and you don't really yeah. need to know a lot. I love the early days where they would give price tag and prices and things like that. Um, yeah. And I've maintained that season three is the greatest season of all Housewives franchises, period, to date. And I've seen oh, that. Well, I'm- 
Thank so, you. Yeah, okay. It's a, really, it's a really great band. I think we'll have fun. And in Jersey, it's fun because they're all family. And something about that is like really wild like when they fight. The they fight. Very oh. incestuous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very crazy. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a favorite housewife of either Beverly Hills or Orange County? What's your favorite housewife? Unpopular opinion, but Kyle Richards. I don't know. It's actually quite popular. I think now it's not as popular, but people really go up for Kyle. They really like her. They find her to be a yeah. very quintessential type of housewife. You know, yeah, I've Rich met her. Raises babies, I've, pretty. Yeah, good mom, pretty. But like, I've yes. met her, and she is really kind. So, you know, I've always liked Kyle because you know I want to be. I'm Jew. I want to be the Jewish mom with like the hot husband. Like, you know, yes, the hot real estate husband who's yeah. like letting you buy things and you can like spend money, but like also loves you. <laughs> yeah. No, and also I want to work. I want to work and mm-hmm. try things and do my passions. Like, I know it sounds so fucking like basic bitch, but like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what we all, it's what we all love. Um, yeah. Least favorite Bravo show. Like, what's one that you maybe started or tried and you were like, this is not it. None yet. I haven't tried oh, a Bravo good. show. Uh, none yet. I think Shaws of Sunset. Like I, uh, you tried it, uh, weren't it? Didn't hit. It didn't stick uh-uh. to you. That's uh-uh. interesting. I mean, they're also you know the the LA people. To but I've talked to a lot of people who are from or live in LA, and they actually all have the same opinion, which I find very funny. That's funny, and also you know I'm very invested in the Persian community, and I, and I just didn't, I didn't, you know. Yeah, they're they they weren't all that impressed either. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, opinion on Andy Cohen, hot or not? Not. Oh, okay. Do you think he's a good host? From one host to another host. When you watch him do the Watch What Happens and the reunions, is he a good enough host? I think he's a great host and he asks amazing questions. And I think he's so fucking good at asking the most epic questions without ever, you know crossing that line but sometimes i wish we saw a little bit more of his personality and that's mm. hello i'm andy cohen and like da, da, da. so he is great at his job but sometimes i want to see him as being part of the action like when we had his baby shower and yes. all the housewives were there like everyone wanted to know about it and see about that? that do you know what i mean yeah so that was so I, yeah. fun the fact that they did not have a camera crew there, I don't give a fuck if it was supposed to be private and for a baby. We needed to see that. That's so rude to me. Deprived us of that moment. Like, that would have been, I would have paid money. Like, premium content. You could have put that on someone's Patreon and I would have watched it. Me too. Um, I just don't think he's that hard because I think that he is a great host and the way he hosts is amazing. But the execution is a little bit cheesy and outdated for me. Yes, and it does, sometimes it does seem like he's fishing. Like he seems like he's doing the most for a moment, like for like to find a moment. And I don't always like when we create moments. I like when moments happen. So yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I've said that before. There's a specific time I'm talking about where he interviewed um Titus, um I think Burgess is his last name from. It's a show called Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And it's very funny, very good show. And oh, I've seen that show. Yes, it's Titus. So he interviewed him, and they had a very tense, 
like people go look at that clip from watching happens live it was the most tense thing i've ever seen it was very very hard to watch titus was not here for andy honey he was not into it but that was i need to see that oh yeah they had to release statements they were going back and forth it was a major major moment and it just mainly was because he was trying to create a moment a clickbait moment and i'm like they will come to you you have them lifted up like it'll happen if it's mo- if it's meant to happen, and I yeah. think it's because he had to do that because when they don't have a housewife on there, like no one watches. We're not. You, it can be the best celebrity, and we're still not really going to watch because we're the people watch Bravo for the housewives. We don't watch all the other girls. You know, this is housewife time. So it, it, it makes sense. But Favorite. you know, you're so funny. But also, uh, I've never actually seen that interview, mm-hmm. um, but. I'm sometimes guilty of like fishing for the clickbait thing. I mean, yeah, me um, too. But, but read the room and know your audience <laughs> is all I'm right. going to say. But I mean, I'm doing it when people don't have liquor. It's not late at night. They're not tired AF, you know? Yeah. Like I have to actually create a moment. You have all yeah. the agents there and you're still like pushing, pushing, pushing. And I'm like, this is why when people like housewives on there though, because they automatically will take a moment. They will create the moment for themselves. They, they they're like the programmed to take a moment. They're just like, hey girl, we are setting up a scene and we're having it now. There are some epic, epic, epic time. Like you're just starting Atlanta when Kim and Nene finally like kind of like switch their their relationship. And there's plenty of scenes that I will literally DM you because that is important. DM them to me. There. Yeah. And of Watch What Happens Live, where like Kim is calling into Nene and Nene is reading her from in the studio at home. It's so crazy. And it's it's so crazy. We get some of the best memeable things like the some of the best phrases come from that the best gifts come from that because i'm like who is fighting over the tv over the phone (laughs) (laughs) i need do you know what i need to watch this because now you told me let's talk about the bachelorette so now i spent all day watching binging the four first episodes of the bachelorette instead of watching this what did you think how do you feel about claire is claire a good bachelorette yes or no I mean, the answer is—it's pretty clear. No, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Claire's a good bachelorette. Okay, I'm gonna tell you why I think she's a good bachelorette. Okay, please retell us. <laughs> well, she, she sucks as a human. No, she sucks, but she's a good bachelorette because. Okay. First of all, I have to say it. She's older. Okay, yes. I have to take that into account. Because the way that you approach dating as a woman in her 30s, which I am, by the way, you're probably not, but I am. Okay. Yeah, no. I hate hate you now. You're like, no. I really do. I've always respected it. I love the fact that they gave a woman of an age where the whole premise of the show is to find love, lead to marriage, where that makes sense for a woman who might be at a stage in her life where that's necessary and that's what she wants. Yes. That makes sense to me. I feel And I thought it was important platform. to see because this woman is like, I know what I want. And yes, it was done in the most obnoxious, mm-hmm. extreme way. But when you are dating in your 30s, you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Like I go on one date with one guy and I am like, no, no. Yes, no. And okay. that is how it happens. 
Oh, that's wow. how it So her first episode, that's what she really did do. She really yes. went back and forth and was like, you know, I already, and she had had the luxury of looking at their social media. So she was like, I'm not even interested in this person because we have nothing in common. I don't agree with what yes. they're putting out. And, and that's just not for me. Why waste my time? No, I agree. But, but, but so that part of it that I just told you, I agree with the whole, like, you're everything that I ever wanted in a man. Girl. Do you know that for sure? You're 39. I'm smarter than this. I know better. You don't know better at this point. You can't say that at this point. Mm. You can say, I want to go for that guy. I'm sure I'm 39. I know what I want. And that's fine. That's fine to say, but you cannot say at that point, maybe, maybe he is, but you can't say at that point, he's everything I wanted in a man. I just think that that was just way too dramatic. And it just felt a little fake to me. Although they are together now and they're very happy. Um, I also think that I would have liked to see from... Okay, so this is why I think she's a, she's a good bachelorette. I also like that she completely disrupted the process mm-hmm. by just being like, no, thank you. I don't need to be on the show for nine more episodes or however many. I don't need to get more famous on Instagram. I found the person that I want to pursue something with. Goodbye. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. It's something that's never happened on the show before. So it is good TV. It's good TV. She gave us another, she gave us two bachelorettes in one. Good TV. Good TV. Okay. (laughs) We needed that. Okay. We needed the plot twist. I needed two seasons in one. Exactly. So she's not a bad bachelorette. Is she dumb? Yes. But like, the, <laughs> as a bachelorette, she's I don't not think that bad. she's a bad dater. I don't think she's a bad suitor. I think she was a bad bachelor because of the process. The pro- She signed on for the process and then blew the process up. So she's a bad bachelorette TM. Like with the, with the not just oh. the title, but like the actual role of this show. That is like for what I'm watching for. That is something I couldn't invest in because you didn't give me time to because she wasn't interested in doing that. But I do respect her for scamming. Don't you like it? Don't you like that she broke the rules? I respect her for scamming ABC and having a bunch of guys and saying, ooh, I want that one. And like, basically it was like a free dating service. Like that's kind of, that's kind of fly. She like bumbled her way through the bachelorette. And I I thought that that. was good. I thought that was pretty good. Um, And I love reality TV. I love trash TV. So it's, and I always say the bachelorette is the best kind of trash TV you can watch because it's so fucking delusional though they live in a world of reality. And it's, I loved that they still forced her to take the full bachelorette process in 30 minutes. They were like, Okay, so you picked your person. Now, we need to catch you up. You need to tell him you love him. He needs to think about it. He has to tell her he loves you. Also, have you had a one-on-one date? You haven't had a one-on-one? We're doing Go have your one-on-one. Okay, one-on-one, fantasy suite. Have some sex. Engagement tomorrow. Let's go, people. Go time. And I'm like... Done deal. Did this all happen in 35 minutes? And it was insane to me like and people swear, good. if you don't watch the bachelor and you listen to us talking you're like i'm sorry what did she just say yes in the course of 72 hours real time 30 minutes tv time the woman told a man she loved them he told they her had back. sex they had sex they had they, the, wait, they had their first date okay they never even had oh, yeah. their first date they had their first date said they loved each other had sex got engaged they're happy now welcome happy. to the bachelorette welcome to the bachelorette but also wait there's another thing that I wanted to say as to why she's a good okay. bachelorette. No, keep convincing us. 
no, 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 I'm trying. I'm really trying here. Okay. <laughs> because of her age again. So usually, you know, we get, can I, can I, can I re no, I don't want to take my hair out because it's going to look bad, but Im imagine my long hair, like down my, my top, you know, down my boobies. Yes. I'm 25 and I've been so hurt before and I mm. just want to find love. And then so she, yeah. the girl's like with this guy and she's like, I just really want someone who's honest. Okay. So this is what you usually yeah. get on. And then, and then the that girl's like all fill it, all fill it right up and she, with like fake boobs. And she's like, okay, no. And so with Claire, we got, okay love languages <laughs> yes dodgeball let me see that body <laughs> no and it's like she had crazy eyes because it's like the girl who mentions love languages on the first date is mm -hmm. batshit crazy we know that but i was like you know what i want to see crazy eyes on the bachelorette so i'm like yes. oh that's gonna be amazing love languages you see all these guys like trying to make gifts mm -hmm. <laughs> That, that's a very, very good point. Um, like, do you know now, what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? You're like low-key convincing me that she's not as trash. I think she was trash at the process, but the fact that she also put up with the process to let them do it in three days is also amazing, and I kind of stand that. Um, exactly. And then also all these guys, so she's like, love language, like, I'm the bachelorette, so I'm going to give you all the batshit crazy that normally would have any guy run away from you on the first date but you gotta stay because i'm the bachelorette so she gave them batshit crazy and oh, they all had to be point. like and they were and they were like yeah okay. we're gonna stay we love claire we love claire yes. and i thought it was so entertaining to watch i'm really sorry okay, yeah I, I i see what you're saying my least now, favorite and most favorite delusional thing that they ever do is that whenever they get the entire group together or they go to a new place the producers make them all like yell out the name of the suitor and it is the best culty thing i've ever seen like all the men run to a pool and go claire and i'm like no one does that like that's the weirdest thing i also yeah. like i started a drinking game for the show and i love it when they call it a relationship and you're like, this is my relationship. Like my relationship with Claire, my relationship with these guys. It's like, what in the is happening? Just, my relationship. I want to start doing that drinking game too. Not that I need the game to actually do the drinking, <laughs> but I will be doing it now. I will say that I made it before I saw last week's episode, you know, where she kind of leaves and everything. And I have very many angry girls in my DMs saying my liver is not pleased. It has been 20 minutes <laughs> and I have eight squares done. And because I, I made the rules, it's not just that you get bingo, but you got to take a sip every time you hit it. <laughs> and they were like, girl, it's not even been a commercial break and we are in trouble. We're in trouble. Well, you know what? I will be sending you love for that little game because I love right. drinking when what I'm watching TV. Been? This I have my so little fun. sippy cup here that is filled with water in the day and wine at night. Okay. I love that. Um, it's just gonna say, but wait, I have another thing. I'm gonna tell you why I think she's a bad bachelorette. Okay. Sorry, I, I keep going back on your questions because I, I have so many feelings about this. I love but... feelings. Give me all the feelings. <laughs> I love feelings. And also, whenever you talk, whatever you say, I always just want to talk with you because you're so like, I don't know. I feel like I'm cutting you off so many times. <laughs> Apologies to this. But if you could see us right now, I'm literally schwitzing talking to you. But um, I'm having the, so much fun. <laughs> me too. The way that this can I call her a bitch? It's, it's, I can, we call everyone bitches, okay? Oh, yeah, it's, go for it. Okay, the way that this bitch was holding the rose, I'm going to use my vape, which 
No one knows my babes and I can't tell anyone. Will you accept this rose? Yes. And she holds it like all five fingers on the stick. With both it's hands. Like both hands. Both hands. As if it's hot or something. And it's like both it, hands. It's a it's a boutonniere. Like it's a small little thing that they pin on a men's lapel. So it's not the long. way that you hold a rose. Let me undo my sippy cup, sip, sippy cup to show you. It's will you accept this Two rose? Fingers it's, on the stick. It's not will you accept this rose? Why is it heavy, girl? Is it made of gold? Why do you need both hands, four fingers on both sides? Like to be like. I am holding it and walking very carefully. Will you take it from me? I'm like, girl, calm down. Like, Clarence extra. She's hella extra. Are you excited? Extra. Are you excited for Tasha? Because I love Tasha. I watched her. I'm excited for her. And I think she needs, to me, I think it should have been her to begin with, or it should have been like her afterwards. But I I get, they were like, we are out of options. (laughs) We need to have a quick person very fast. No, but you know what? I appreciated Claire's moment because as I said, I, lo- I, I want to see a girl in her 30s dating. It's hard. It's harder in your 30s than it is in your 20s. And I, I did want to see that. That's encouraging. She, you and, it was, and she found someone. And so move over. Very excited. Um, and now we're here for Tasha. Now we have a Tasha. And I actually, you know, I, I'm excited because I feel like she's going to give us a little bit more spice. Claire mm-hmm. had a serious lack of spice. She had no, you know, she had no banter. She had no, like, she's not a cheeky person. It was all mm-hmm. crazy eyes and love languages and lovey-dovey. And, yes. <laughs> you know, and I want, I need a bit more excitement. And Claire did not give yes. me that kind of excitement. So I think Tasha will. I, I, I think Tasha will as well. For people who do not know much about her, like, should I even watch now? I mean, the first four episodes are absolutely batshit crazy. So you should watch for that. You deserve it in quarantine. Um, but Tasha is 30. She's from Orange County. Most people don't know that. She was on the season. I didn't the- know she was in from Orange County. Yes, she was born and raised there. Um, she is from the season with the first uh, proclaimed virgin, um, non-religious, who was a football player and blonde and was chiseled. And people are like, um, don't believe that. And he basically, she was in his final two and he left the girls because he wanted the one woman who now has a restraining order against him. So it seems like Tasha dodged a bullet. And, and it's kind of like Colton also now. Yeah, like <laughs> crazy. And now um, Tasha dodged a bullet. She went to Bachelor in Paradise, but she did find some love from a guy who's also from Maryland, a very, very different part. Um, and he was not the obvious choice for her, but she found you know a lot of good things with him, but it wasn't her right pick. And she's 30 years old. And I do think she's also going to give us that vibe of like, I'm not just trying to make a connection. I want to make the connection. I think that's what happened with Bachelor in Paradise because she was like, we're good. This is good, but this isn't it. I want it. I want it to really stick and click and I feel it. And she was dating for real. And I think this will be really good for her. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. amazing stepping out of that limo. Insane. And it's like, it's coronavirus. Mm-hmm. How? Sorry, I get jealous. I mean, nice yeah, thing. yeah. How? How indeed? How? <laughs> and why not me? Um, <laughs> and yeah, why not me? Is what I meant by how? Beautiful <laughs> blowout right now. At the same time, um, are you? So you're going to watch the Tasha takeover? We're we're into that. One hundred percent. I'm going okay, to be great. watching yes. that. I, yes, I'm I'm pushing for that. And y'all, again, 
only the second black suitor that this show has ever had. It's been over 20 something seasons, just letting you know. Um, Wait, what did you say? Uh, the what? She's the only black, second black suitor that the show has ever had. She's only the okay, second black. I didn't one. even know that. Okay. Yes, she is. Okay. Rachel Lindsay was only a few years ago who was the first black suitor they've ever had. Tasha okay. uh, Adams is only the second, and it's been 23 seasons. So <laughs> we're playing catch up. Awesome. Okay. Love that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Check. Love it. Um, and, and then next time, The Bachelor for a season uh, in 21, uh, 2021, it's the first Black Bachelor, first male we've ever had. So we're making some thing. progress. Like, can I just say? Yeah. yeah, no, please. We love to <laughs> ogle the men on the show. They ogle women all the time. We love to ogle the man. Yeah. Let's <laughs> sexualize them. Why not? Um, have you heard of this whole Salt Lake City thing happening? Housewives of Salt Lake City it is a new franchise. Have you heard of it? No. Ooh, no. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I'm in Europe now. So yes, I love that. I love talking to European or uh, tra- international Bravo fans. Like I get a lot of them in my DMs. Yeah. Now like, I need people like you to tell me. I can't find out from just what's being so funny there. Is I need people like you to tell me because they'll say. I want to watch Housewives of like Cheshire. And I'm like, we don't have that here, girl. They don't show it. Yeah, no. I haven't watched it. You can watch it on Amazon Prime, but um, I've never <gasps> Lovely, watched that. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've never watched that. Internationals. It's so crazy. They don't show Yeah, they watch Love Island. They were, I, so I watched the American shows because I was in America for the last few years. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm here now, the news that I get are very different than what you got. Like, so I'm not in the loop. Yeah. So Housewives of Salt Lake City, this means a lot okay. to especially American cult culture people who love like cults and um, really uh, religions that you don't know enough about. So Mormonism is- um, I know very, Mormons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this is, they're in Mormon capital. Salt Lake City is the Mormon sure. capital of America. Okay. Everyone okay. there is either, it's more so what is your relationship with the church? It's not, are you a Mormon? It's, are you still, how did you leave? Or are you in it? Where is your standing? They really do believe And how that, far in it are you? Yeah. Right. They really believe that their following of the rules means that they will have the most successful, lavish, beautiful, almost perfect lifestyles. And that's what they really claim, you know, to want to be perfect. So Bravo decided to go to Salt Lake City and blow that up. Just blow it all up. They decided to find the women who were kicked out, find the women who, you know, had to leave, who were in it, but like don't want to, who are out, who don't want to be out, who were never in it at all, who married out of it. Like they found those women and they really have given us something. There's one about, um, one of the housewives is, she has a tequila company and there's rumor that she is Mormon and Mormons do not drink. So how, you ask, do you have a tequila company? Because housewives, that's the point. We are so delusional over here in housewives that we do things that make no sense. And And that we're not not supposed to be doing, but we do them. And it's good tequila. She sent it to me. I I have to tell you, it's good tequila. It's very good. Yes, it was very, very good. Okay, you can sip that tequila watching The Bachelorette. Okay, yeah, I will probably be on the ground, but I'll have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. You right. can try. You can. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a shot. It can be like a tiny, little sip. Like, little sip. Look a little lick. Go lick the top of it. <laughs> um. So it's coming out this Wednesday. 
it, it's like the it's people are very excited because again we have new and we really want new during this time of corona because there's not a lot of new give we didn't know what we're gonna have new. new give me all the new um I'm not watching OC right now but you are how are you I'm not I haven't started I said oh, I would yeah fuck that <laughs> <laughs> not I said I would but fuck it <laughs> That's I used to say Casita is where the house or the home is and whatever the fuck it is. It's not. <laughs> Goodbye. It's I, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard, believe it or not, I have heard that we're not missing anything. So I think we're okay. Okay, cool. I think Good we're okay. And I think that Salt Lake City will give us the new that we need. I'm going to add this to my list. Salt Lake City. So, okay. It comes on Wednesday, the 11th. That is tomorrow, but I think listening to this, it might be the, the same day or already passed. And you should be telling me avidly how much, how much you think about the premiere. I think we get a lot in the premiere. I did get to see it early. I think we get a lot in the premiere that I was not expecting to get. And it's not nearly as boring as some other Housewives premieres that are already established have been. And if I could just add one more show to your list of must-watches, because Potomac. why not? Potomac. Yes. My yeah, home. so that's so to, I, I'm gonna that's show you the list. People. Gonna show you the list. I'm glad I have a little right gotten now. to you about that though. Okay, yeah. she we have Atlanta, Atlanta Salt, Lake Salt Lake City, City, New York, and Potomac. Yes. And the listeners right now are listening and they are snapping, they are honking their horns. They're like, Oh, that's a good ass list. Okay, yeah, and they're like, What that watch? Bitch, that bitch doesn't watch New York. No, bitches, no, I don't guys, watch New York. Sorry. Okay. Well, to be honest, right about now, I think the reason why it's, it's falling in ratings is because people love it so much that the formula has now worn out and worn thin. The formula that they, they, that they never change of the show has not right. been revamped in years. And so right. I think it's great to restart it now or to, for you to start it now because you don't even know this formula yet. So you'll actually be able to fall in love with it because I do remember I, I never watched it. I thought they were too old, too sophisticated and like too uh, like uh, away from me. Like we were too separated. Right. When I finally did watch it, I think I was halfway through the first season and I was like, this is insanely incredible. This is one right. of the best things I've ever seen. And so I get the hype. The hype makes sense. But we have to remind people, remind Overkill. ourselves. Overkill. Right. But we have to remind ourselves that some people need to buy into the hype. I think you'll fall in love with it. And then you'll join us on the other side where you're like, revamp this shit or we walk. Yeah. yeah. I probably will. I yeah. get bored easily anyway. It's in, in, in New York on board for a long time. So that's really, really, okay. it's a great... Great journey. That list is insanely incredible. You're going to have a fun lockdown. Thank you very much. I'm I need so people like this to just give me hope. Oh, yeah. We're all about validation over here because why not? I'm a, I'm a teacher of small children. This is what I do for But a you're living. so bitchy and savage. You kind yes, of have This is my like adult life, you know? And then I'm like, you can do oh. it. We will get rounding. We will understand math. We will do this together. But then I go home and I'm like, so let me tell you about this bitch. Okay. Oh yeah, no. So then you go home and you have like a voodoo doll. Okay, cool. <laughs> we, love, <laughs> we love flipping a switch over here. Again, multifaceted individuals. Diana, you are so aspirational. Please, oh, please tell the people where they can listen to Aspirational the podcast, where they can find you, follow you, all the things, and keep up with how amazing you are. Thank you. Before I say that, um, may I please just add? You are such a great podcast host. Oh my gosh, I'm very thank impressed. You so much. I've been flying by night this whole time, honey. No, and it's our outline that just disappeared. I don't know where it went. This is the <laughs> most invested. I was. I'm 
look at me. The schwitz is real from this conversation. Yeah, I just, yeah. Like, I, I don't usually get sweat marks, but they're here. You can screenshot that. I love yeah. that people are having, I love, I love people have fun with me because so I try much to fun. not be bored. So thank you so much for having me because I thank genuinely had a great time. I really needed it. And um, you can find me on all podcasting platforms. It's the Aspirational Podcast with an E. And then you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Espear. I recap shows, trash makeup, help people find cool new cute gadgets and products to help them improve their lives because that's what we can do right now. There you go. Yes, love it. What show did you most recently recap so people can know what they're going to go listen to? Well, uh, oh, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I my most recent episode was Riley from Below Deck, mm-hmm. so that's very good. An I yeah. liked her that season. Yeah, yeah, she's cool. I'm probably gonna do some Bachelor recaps, obviously, and I'll be recapping. I don't know. We'll see. I it, my mood changes. Well, I'm if you ever person. need a Bachelor recapper. I'm here for you, babe. That's you are coming to recap The Bachelorette with me on my hey, podcast. I, I am so deep in the call, but y'all heard it here. I'm coming on this. So look out for me there too, guys. And of course, if it's applicable to you, though, it should be stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. And please feel free to follow me, connect with me for more about me and the pod. Listen to me anywhere you will listen to Aspirational with Diana Esper. And um, yeah, follow me on Instagram, social medias of Twitter, Facebook, all the girls at Mixing with Money, M I X I N G W I T H M A N I. Take care of yourselves, people. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Money, M I X I N G W I T H M A N I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.